Hi, I'm Beck McFarland from Pop Your Business and Pop Your Career. In this podcast, I'll be speaking to entrepreneurs who have overcome adversity, made difficult decisions, challenged the status quo, and achieved amazing things in their businesses. Welcome to Brave in Business. This episode was brought to you by the Pop Your Business Conference. It's all going down here in Canberra at the stunning Evolo Nishi Hotel on the 11th and 12th of March, 2022. We have the most incredible speakers traveling in from around Australia, including Suze Chadwick, Sarah Jensen, Emma Norris from A Girl in Progress and Jade Warne from Hipster Mum. We have surprises galore and I can promise you that this will be an event that you'll be talking about for a long time to come and for all the right reasons. Tickets are available now at popyourbusiness.com forward slash conference. I look forward to seeing you there. Patricia Falchetta is the founder and director of Social Living Solutions and creator of the Family Joy Model. Through every aspect of her work, Patricia hopes to see fulfillment of her vision for a world where people with autism and other neurodiversity are accepted, integrated and recognised as valued members of society. Her aspiration is to remove prejudices and misconceptions around neurodiversity and replace ignorance with compassionate understanding. Patricia is seen as the leading authority in family joy training. She has created a holistic family joy program to support families with neurodiverse children to relieve stress and anxiety and create happiness, better family balance and joy. The family joy program will be published and available to families as a resource in 2021. As a passionate advocate for neurodiverse people, Patricia helps families with neurodiverse children to live a joyful life free of discrimination and judgment. Patricia is an active volunteer, not only in her local community, but also internationally through the Global Goodwill Ambassadors Network, which serves others through humanitarian and charitable work. Additionally, Patricia is an ongoing business enablement support consultant with Specialist Stern. Hey, Patricia, thanks so much for joining us here on the Raving Business Podcast. Hey, Beck, thank you so much for inviting me to be on here. It's an honour to be on here. I feel really special to be asked, so thank you very much. Thank you. You're very welcome, and I'm really excited about asking you some questions today about bravery in the business space. But before we get started, I would love for you to tell us a bit about your business and how you got to where you are today. So my business is, as, as you said in the intro, so my, my vision is for a world where people who are neurodiverse, but really not just people who are neurodiverse, it's people who are diverse. So people who are different, don't quite fit in, maybe, you know, through their sexual preferences or they might have a disability or mental health challenges. So my vision is for all people to be accepted in the, in the world and to be seen and valued as contributing members of society and to be treated in that way as well, to be treated with respect and acknowledgement of their strengths and for their strengths to be realised rather than to be focusing on their differences. So my business was born in 2016, so I started in October of 2016 and when I originally started, I uh, was very child-centric in my work. So I would work with the child one-on-one and support them with different needs or issues that they were struggling with. And all of the children that I worked with at that time were on the autism spectrum. 
and not so much kids with ADHD or dyslexia or any other neurodiverse conditions at that time. It was mainly autism. But then over the years, you know, that was 2016, we're now in 2021, and nearly towards the end of 2021, my business has grown and and morphed and changed as all businesses do. And in my years of experience and work, what's happened is I now realise that it's the whole family that I need to work with and the whole family that I need to support and not just the child. And a big part of that too is also the family, the parents and the siblings understanding that person's neurodiversity in the family and really being able to support that person, recognise their strengths and also for the parents to to recognise and know that they are the best, strongest advocates for, for their child. And then through this and through creating the program, my signature program, which is the Family Joy Program, which is where I work with families uh, for 10 weeks on an ongoing basis towards that vision of better balance in their household, peace, joy, and really understanding of the neurodiverse individual, but everybody coming together and really supporting one another and living in a much more holistic sense as a family. The, the other thing that I do now is also support neurodiverse adults on, uh, on their journey in the workforce and also supporting managers to support the neurodiverse employees. Fantastic. Thanks very much for that. And, you know, I take a particular interest in your work because I'm very passionate about diversity and inclusion. And some of the work that you and I do does tend to cross over because I do quite a bit of work in the LGBTIQ space and also work with some clients who are neurodiverse. I am also a neurodiverse human myself. So I always find it very interesting to talk to you about the work that you've been doing. And in in particular, I'm interested, I guess, in the, the work that you do around supporting neurodiverse individuals in the workplace. Mm. Uh, very cool and I'm glad that they have you as uh, you know someone to be not only a font of information but also an advocate. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. So we're here today to talk about bravery which I have always found to be a really interesting topic, hence the fact that I started a podcast around the topic. I'm interested to know when I say the phrase brave in business, what does that actually mean to you? To me, it actually really means believing in yourself and believing in your ability to be successful in business. And why I say that is, you know, I know as a business owner yourself, both you and me and and all the other people that we know that are business owners know that when you launch your own business and you have your own business, it's such a huge journey in personal growth. It's a massive, massive journey. I have grown so much in the last six years, probably more than I have in my life. I've faced so many challenges, both financial when the business hasn't been doing so well, Mm -hmm. and also at times because of the clientele that I have, sometimes quite difficult and, and quite challenging clients. So to me, that that is the biggest thing in, in business is being brave, being believing in yourself. And when you take on new ideas and, and new challenges to really, really make that leap of faith. So it, to, to give you a really small example, I remember when I actually had the idea of starting my own business, back, you know, the idea would have started probably in about 2014 and I, you know, finally launched it in 2016. I remember my husband being quite nervous about it and he was nervous in the sense that he has his own business 
as well. So he knew what it meant to be in business, right? And I was leaping out of the security of the public service, jumping ship and going to start my own business. And that takes a a lot of confidence and, and a lot of bravery. But you know, looking back now, I wouldn't wouldn't change it for anything. The amount that I've grown and what I've learned in the past six years is, you know, far more beneficial to what I was doing in the past because I'm really doing what I believe in. And mm. also I've met so many amazing, amazing people along the way, other business owners, clients, you know, other professionals that are doing similar work to me, you know, all of those sorts of things. Mm. I'm glad that you touched on the personal growth because I'm the same. I, mm. I feel like before I, you know, eventually moved into business, I was never really that focused on personal growth. And it's amazing how when you start your own business, it kind of cracks your head open. And all of a sudden you start being interested in this growth journey of, you know, really getting behind making mindset changes and changing your perspective on things. And I think it's a necessity when you're in business, but it's quite a common story that I hear from people that Uh when they start in business, all of a sudden they realise that it's not just the business learnings, that it's actually the personal learnings that often make more of a difference. Um, Absolutely. And I also love that you talked about the connections too. I often make the joke that I've got more friends than I know what to do with. (laughs) (laughs) Even though I'm an extreme introvert, I have built this amazing community of such wonderful friends who I can connect with on so many different levels. And I often see different forums online, you know, especially in women's groups where, you know, women are admitting that they don't have any friends and that they find it really difficult to make friends as an adult, particularly, you know, we're not in school anymore. And it's like, how do you meet people? Uh, And my comment always back is just start a business. (laughs) (laughs) Finding all the friends that you need and more. (laughs) Very, very cool. So what's the bravest thing that you've done since starting your business? Wow, that's a really, that's a really, really good question. I think I've been going through a really interesting journey at the moment. Mm. And what it is, and it lends towards what you were talking about, the LGBTQI community. So before I started my business, I've always been a huge advocate, really strong believer in LGBTQI rights and acceptance, you know, and from from my early 20s, I had friends who were gender diverse and never had an issue with that. Now, what's really interesting is a lot of people who are neurodiverse are also gender diverse or gender fluid. Mm. So what started happening more and more is I'm starting to get clients who are either to a neurodiverse and transgender or neurodiverse and non-binary. Now, for me, it's been brave because initially I thought, I, you know how you tell yourself that little negative voice. I was saying to myself, not qualified to work with non-binary people, not qualified to work with transgender, you know, my, you know, it's all about neurodiversity and all this. So, you know, that that's that's what I should be doing. But then, well, well, what do you do? You go. I mean, I've always been an advocate for 
the LGBTQI community anyway, very strong believer in it, you know, very strong believer in, in, in equal rights and, and diversity. So I thought, well, go out and learn about it. So I've just, all I've done is really, really increased my learning recently, my reading around um, transgender, what it means, watching documentaries and, and things like that. And I'm finding more and more, I'm getting more and more clients coming in that are transgender or you know, non-binary as well as being uh, neurodiverse. So that's been, and that's an amazing journey because that's, that again, like is personal growth. I'm starting to learn so many things about, you know, for girls who are either born, you know, genetically born, I'm genetically born as female, but then realize that they're male or they're non-binary, like even the, like the compression where, you know, that they have to wear to, so that they don't, you know, show that they've got a female shape and things like that. The discomfort of them having to wear garments like that and things, which I never, ever, never realized, never thought about. So again, that's been a really, really brave step to say, okay, well, this is actually an area I've always been interested and supportive of anyway. And my, my business is taking me down this path. So let's go with this mm. and the other thing too is I would say is also the workshops that I've started running in conjunction with another business Kirabilly Partners so my girlfriend Jody, who's a longtime friend her and her husband own Kirabilly Partners and they run management workshops mm-hmm. in the public sector and her and I have come together to run the leading on the spectrum workshops which are for managers of neurodiverse employees and that's been you know, quite a, a brave step as well to, to step into that world and start running those workshops. But the the response has been so positive because it's so needed. Mm. Thanks so much for sharing that, Patricia. I think sometimes when we talk about, you know, the brave things that we've done in business or the things that we've experienced, we tend to talk about things that have happened in the past that we've already reconciled. So I really appreciate you sharing that, particularly since you're still going through it. And, you know, I can really relate to your journey here because, as you know, I've been working in the LGBTIQ community as well. And there are a lot of learnings, you know, the body dysmorphia that you mentioned is, you know, huge. But also what I've learned is that a lot of the gender diverse or gender fluid non-binary individuals that I work with just want to be seen. Mm. And they just want to be seen for who they are. And so I think the work that the work that you're doing is so powerful in allowing that to happen. Mm. Uh, and to really, I guess, reducing a lot of the discrimination that occurs. Mm. I really believe that, you know, in that space, there is so much discrimination and it comes from a lack of knowledge and a lack of understanding. I recently ran some diversity and inclusion training in my membership, Bex Business Besties, and even that was quite enlightening because we are surrounded with a group of beautiful businesswomen who want to be LGBTIQ allies uh, and want to support the community, but there is just so much that they don't know. No, yeah. They really admit that they don't know. And so it's been really uh, kind of heartwarming for me to just be able to share with them not necessarily coming from a place of an expert but coming from a place of someone who's also learning and yeah. you know, helping them to begin their learning journey as well mm. and I, I think what you're saying about them just wanting to be seen and it's the same it's also the same with neurodiverse people too 
Uh, so it's for both, you know, for both groups. And then, as I was saying, sometimes those two groups are combined. It's just wanting to be seen. Like, for example, I'm working with a young person at the moment who's non-binary and also neurodiverse. And I've been saying to them, and they're 14, and I've, you know, and it's also getting them to really, really recognise that, you know, this, this discrimination and the opinions people have and all, I've been saying to them, it's actually none of their business. You are you. You be you and your own person. You be proud of yourself. You have strengths. You have so much to offer the world. And if people can't accept you for who they are, for who you are, big pardon, that really is their problem. But the, the issue that neurodiverse people face and LGBTQI is that society makes them feel like it's it's their problem. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's actually not. And that they need to be seen, need to be heard, and also need to be recognised for the good that they have to offer. Mm. You know, this is the thing too is the, you know, and particularly with neurodiversity, the diagnosis process is deficits-based. So all the person is doing is focusing on their deficits rather than on their strengths. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And I can appreciate that too, having been mm. through that process, you know, it is such a focus on the deficits. Um, mm. And even myself now, I am, you know, kind of embarking on this journey where I am trying to see, you know, my neurodiversity as a superpower. Yeah. So difficult. Mm. Um, a lot of the, you know, typical traits that we hear about or the things that we begin to notice uh, you know, like have negative connotations. Mm. You know, when I think about my own ADHD and the way that that affects me in my life, I'm usually thinking about the stuff that I can't do mm. uh, rather than focusing on the way that it actually, you know, elevates me, not just mm. as an individual, but also as a mm. business owner. Mm. I know. And I'm the same too, because, you know, I have ADHD as well and I'm exactly the same. I'm often folks the struggles that I have rather than on the positives that it gives me. Yeah. 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 We're about to embark on some renovations here at my house. And, you know, even just that, for instance, I'm listening to an audio book at the moment about organization for ADHD people. And (laughs) I'm, I'm finding a lot of it is about uh, decluttering and reducing, which is very difficult for me because I am what I call a maximalist. I love my clutter and I love all of my stuff. But it's been interesting, even for my mum, who, you know, is slowly learning about these things and about how she can kind of accommodate me as an ADHD person. And recently, my mum came over to my house with a screwdriver and removed the lid off my laundry basket because we identified that the lid was a barrier between the clothes making it into the basket and the clothes making it onto the floor and my mum just went why don't we just make it easier and take the lid off and I was like yeah mum like that's really cool Um, and I think you know the more that we kind of look for those solutions I mean that's a very basic example yes but those kinds of solutions not just in the home but in the family in the workplace and things like that you know taking the lid off a laundry basket, I think is a really great reasonable adjustment that now means that my clothes are moving it into the laundry basket. (laughs) (laughs) We've got some success happening over here. (laughs) So why do you think it's important as business owners that we do step out of our comfort zones? 
because how else does our business grow? If we don't sit, if we don't step out of our comfort zones, we will just stay the same, and we will stay on the same income. Uh, I, I really believe that if you don't grow, your income won't grow. And also, I I really truly believe that most business owners are here to bring about change, change in some way. So you know, again, if you don't step outside your comfort zone. How do you do that? How do you create that change? How do you create greater income? How do you have more impact? To give you a, a small example, and, and I know that she wouldn't mind me sharing this example. So there's um, hairdressers in Garen called Matriarch Hair Studios. And Sarah, who's the owner of Matriarch Hair Studio, her stepson is on the autism spectrum and he's quite affected by his neurodiversity and therefore you know, can't work in an office space or something like that. So she's created a, he has a business, which she has created for him, where he goes around to all the different hairdressers in camera, he collects their towels, he washes them, and then he returns them to all back to all the hairdressers in camera because for hairdressers, you know, washing towels is a yeah. thing. But the other thing that she's done too, so this is how, you know, she's gone outside her comfort zone too, is the other thing she does is she's, really open to bringing in apprentices and staff with disability and helping them and training them up. And I also know another business that is a mechanic business in Fisher where they do similar sort of things. So that that's an example of businesses going out. So one, they're growing as people. Mm. They're also contributing to society, but then they're also opening the doors for others and others will see that happening. So then others will be wanting to give business to them because they see that they're helping others. So then in turn, their business will grow. Yeah, I love Mm. that. Mm. And that's something that I'm very conscious of as well is I guess, you know, taking those steps to not just to grow myself, but also to create growth for others. And, you know, as you know, I'm growing my team and I've actually just hired an apprentice myself. And, you know, it's going to be amazing for me, but I also look at it and think, what a fantastic opportunity for this young individual. You know, they are going to really be set up with a a great start to their career Mm. by going down this path and, and, you know, taking on this apprenticeship and and doing the learning, but also doing it within a, you know, super supportive work environment, if I can toot my own horn there for a (laughs) second. Absolutely. So what I find when I'm talking to my clients about being brave and how they can exhibit bravery in their businesses Often there is so much fear that comes up. Sometimes we see fear of success, but a lot of the time it is fear of failure or worry, stress, anxiety, that something is going to go wrong, that we're going to be judged for the actions that we take. Things aren't going to go to plan. You know, what if it doesn't work kind of thing. I'm interested to know if you've experienced any of those kinds of failures in your business or if anything that you've done just hasn't gone to plan. And if so, how did you move through it? Mm. Okay, so that's okay. So this, and I think also to this ties back to into that little voice before that I was talking about that sits in the on the little shoulder, you know, imposter yeah. syndrome that tells you how you know what are you doing? Can't do this. You're not going to be successful, or whatever, whatever it says to you. For me, probably the biggest 
failures or hurdles that I've had at time are due to finances and, and money and business and cash flow. For me, last year when we had our lockdown in Canberra with COVID, it, that was massive. And it was massive for me because I have neurodiverse clients and most of my neurodiverse clients at that time, not so much now, but at that time were in their teenage years. Now, those kids that I was seeing, they need the face-to-face contact, right? So when we had the lockdown and we couldn't see each other and, th- and things like that, and we had to go into Zoom, and I, we tried it, a few of us tried it, you know, like clients and myself tried it, but they hated it, okay? They couldn't do it. Now, and one issue for me too is that I do, ch- like I I charge an hourly rate. So if I don't see the person for that hour, I don't bring in any money. Mm. And yes, there was JobKeeper and and everything, but that didn't, you know, like suffice for bringing as much as as I actually earn. So there was a lot of fear. How how am I going to come out of this? How am I going to survive it? What am I going to do? But then what I did is I reinvented. And I think so many of us did Mm. in COVID, but I reinvented. So I went, okay, what can I do? What can I offer? What do people need now? So I, you know, created a program with another coach that you and I both know, Wendy Mum, and we created a program called Recharge Family Joy, which is all, which was a three-part, three-series program, which was in direct response to COVID, the pressure that was putting it on families, things like that. And I also created more online programs and studying and looking what I can do. So, so now what that means is even now with Fingers crossed, hopefully not, but possibly an impending lockdown in Canberra because we are right smack in the middle of New South Wales. (laughs) It's highly probable that I feel more confident this time, that I feel okay. Well, I've got, and all of my programs now that I offer, so I've got another Family Joy program starting on the 30th of August and they run for 10 weeks. They're in a group format. I've now got that set up that if we had to go online, we can. So I don't have to run it in that face-to-face format. So, you know, that's an example of thinking, okay, well, this challenge has been presented. Yes, it was really, really scary last year. I was really worried. But then, okay, I was able, you know, people call it pivoting. I was able to pivot, think about, okay, what can I do to change, to overcome that fear? And that is fear of failure because Mm. money's not coming in. That's the that's going to be the outcome if the money doesn't start flowing is because you can't afford to keep the business going. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Thank you for talking about that. I think, you know, particularly the financial stuff and financial failure is a really sore topic Mm. um, obviously because it affects us so much. It's our livelihood. But what I find is that often we don't really talk about it as much as what we need to. Uh, Mm. I think there's a lot of stigma around money and there is a lot of shame around money. Mm. I think, you know, even through what you've just done in sharing part of your story around that could be really something that a lot of business owners need to hear because the more that we talk about money and the more that we talk about our experiences with money, the more we're as a community able to grow because of the fact that, you know, my fear is when we don't talk about it, no one knows what's going on in other Mm. people's businesses. And Mm. so we all fear that we are, you know, a little bit different or that we're not doing well and things like that. So, you know, I, I really admire you for sharing that. 
and love the way that you were able to pivot, as we say now in COVID times, so that you've got more confidence going into mm. the next maybe lockdown. Mm. So if it doesn't happen, touch wood. <laughs> <laughs> so with that in mind, what advice would you give to another business owner who wasn't going after their dreams because of the fact that they were afraid? It probably would be be brave, which is what your podcast is called. Yeah. <laughs> but it would be being brave, <laughs> believe in yourself, confidence, and also to, and I think that you'll agree with me, visualisation and manifestation are huge when you're in business. Oh. So I, I have a regular practice where I meditate daily and I journal, and I know you journal as well, Beck. and I think that they are really, really important tools. I think, mm. and especially too when you're a solo business owner, you are often on your own. Like you feel, sometimes you feel quite isolated. I know, like going back to that COVID thing I did last year. Mm. So I think that it's really important to probably, yeah, and I know you're talking about going, going after your dreams and, you know, that's what you were saying, but I'm thinking, Self-care comes into this as well because if you don't have that self-care, so if you don't have, and it doesn't have to be meditation because I recognise that doesn't work for everybody, but some sort of practice where, you know, you 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 can go inwards, you can almost like recalibrate to then be able to come back and, and go and go forward and find that bravery and that self-belief so that you can achieve, you know, achieve your dreams. And I think fear does hold a lot of people back like you were saying about their dreams but also that the imposter syndrome does too so I think working on yourself getting rid of that negative voice and replacing that negative voice with a positive voice so that you can go forward and, and fulfill your dreams you know you and I think you and I especially in your coaching would see a lot of people that might be wanting to launch into business and might be dipping their toe in but still holding on to their job because they're yeah. really really scared to make that leap to jump in and just go for it yeah so I think that that's that, that's really really important is the also the visualization manifestation as well We're like really believing that what you've got is a good thing and to go forward with it yeah that mm. self-belief is you know something that all of us need to really cultivate and nurture mm. uh and even what you said actually about the self-care, this is a little bit of a touchy subject for me because, mm. you know, what I have identified is that I like, I'm the queen of outsourcing. <laughs> so mm. I outsource absolutely everything in my life. And I also outsource a lot of my self-care. And so I'm really being encouraged by my health team to do some of the things that you're talking about to actually take some time out and do that work myself and yeah. use, you know meditation or some form of daily relaxation uh, is actually you know taking control of that myself rather than throwing money at the problem mm. and hiring people for those kind of more traditional self-care things that we hear about like massage or beauty treatments and things mm, like that yeah. um, so I appreciate you bringing that up I feel like mm. that was a little comment that was directed at me <laughs> <laughs> it's very good I don't know if you've seen that little picture that gets around on Facebook that says I'm in this picture and I don't like it <laughs> <laughs> That's me right now. That's me. 
So we've got the Popular Business Conference coming up and you are one of our speakers, which I'm really, really thrilled about. What are you most excited about, about the Popular Business Conference? I'm most excited about meeting all the other amazing people that are going to be coming to the conference. You know, I know that there'll be lots of people from Canberra, but there'll also be lots of people from outside of Canberra. So I always love making those new uh, business connections, connecting with women and men in business, hearing about their journey. So I think that's that would be one of the things I'm most excited about. The other thing is, you know, equally as excited to be doing, you know, my presentation, which is going to be a breakout session, because I really, really hope that that does help the people that choose to come to that session in some way and in the way that they want. But the other thing I'm excited about too, because this is the first conference of its kind in Canberra. So I'm actually really, really excited about that. It's such that, that really excites me. I think, wow, this is going to be something that puts Canberra on the map. People are going to get to know about this conference. Then, you know, you'll be able to hold it annually every year and it will bring more people into Canberra, which is so good for us because it then helps our businesses to then outreach to the rest of Australia. Mm. So that's something that I'm like and so excited about. I think it's amazing because I think it's going to be such a quality conference that, you know, people, you know, this being the inaugural one, but then people go, wow, that was amazing. It will spread the word and it it will just grow from there. Mm, Totally. And Mm. you heard it here first, but we have just picked our venue and we are signing contracts for next year's Your Business. Exciting. It definitely is going to be an annual event. And I'm really excited, you know, for a lot of the reasons that you've just said. You know, it was definitely something that we identified that Canberra needed. Mm. uh, And Canberra people, Canberra business owners were really crying out for that opportunity to attend a top quality conference here in Canberra where, you know, they didn't have to pay for the flights to Melbourne or the accommodation Mm -hmm. in Sydney or, you know, whatever else, you know, expenses kind of come up with a conference of that kind. But it's also the time, you know, just having that ability to be able to attend something in your hometown without having to take days and days away to travel and go to a different location, I think is super powerful. So you've said it, we're here to put Canberra on the map. So watch this space. (laughs) Tell me what's coming up for you in your business that you would love to tell the Braving Business audience about. So I'd like to tell them Wendy Marmon and I are offering our Recharge Family Joy program. And the reason why we've, we're have we offering it is because of what is happening with COVID currently at the moment. So if anybody feels they're really struggling and really would just like, well, one, to come together in a group where we can share stories together, but two, also to get some advice. Wendy and I, as you know, are both coaches. Wendy works in the business space. I work in the neurodiverse space. And the workshops are really around like, you know, growth mindset, helping you in this time, a time of COVID, time of uncertainty, you know, prioritizing your wellness, also skilling up, being able to cope. And really we're doing this as a community based event rather than as an event where we're wanting to make money. So we're really, we're only charging $20 a session and that's really just to cover our costs and our, you know, our content and we're running them on Facebook Live. So if people went on to my Social Living Solutions page, the event is actually pinned at the top at the moment. They can just go in and book tickets. You can attend just one or all three. 
and they're all run in the evening to help, you know, to accommodate people that work. And then the other big thing is that I am launching another family joy program for neurodiverse families and for parents of neurodiverse children. And they run for 10 weeks. They're three and a half thousand dollars. They're covered by NDIS. And in that you get, it's 10 weeks of, again, run in the evenings over Zoom and face-to-face. It's going to be run here in Canberra Live, but also over Zoom at the same time. And for that $3,500, it's 10 weeks of one and a half hours of uh, face-to-face content where we're running through the different sessions of the program. Then also they get a one one and a half hour coaching session with me. So the parents get that. And they also get, I've written a resource that goes with the program. So that's at a value of $100. It's a resource that means afterwards, parents will always have that resource to go back to, to reinforce what they've learned. And then also all the content material and things like that, that you need to complete the program. The link is on my website, which is www.sociallivingsolutions.com.au, but also will be on my Facebook page, which is Social Living Solutions, and on my Instagram handle, which is just Patricia Falchetta. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much, Patricia. It's been such a pleasure to have this conversation. And I know that there are going to be some really juicy nuggets there for the people listening. Appreciate you coming on the podcast and wishing you all the best. We'll make sure that we include all of your links in our show notes. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Brave in Business podcast. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button, leave me a rating, five stars preferably, and a review. You can also join me over on socials at Pop Your Biz. If you want to hang out with me and my fabulous community of small business owners, you should definitely think about joining Bex Business Besties. It's an online membership with mastermind vibes and is honestly my favorite place to hang out on the internet. You can find out more at popyourbusiness.com forward slash BBB. I'll see you in the next episode.